It's good to see everyone today. Hey, you know, God's been putting it on my heart. We're actually strategic by coming outside. If you're watching online, I'm really feeling like God's telling us to get back into gathering. That the time of isolation is over. And it's time to start getting out of our houses and getting out and getting back to a normal that God wants us to have. And that's why we're starting outside, because we want that to be a safe place where people that are a little bit skeptical or a little bit fearful, maybe, we'll start outside. And in a few months, we're going to be going inside. And we're going to be going inside to a new vamped sanctuary. We're renovating the sanctuary. So even when we go back inside, we're going to be going into a new sanctuary. Some guy give the Lord a hand clap for that. But it's been on my mind. I keep hearing engage. I keep hearing gather. I keep hearing come back together. And uh, so that's why we're in this series called Insta Family. As we start today, I want you to think of a time where you accomplished more as a team or more as a family than you ever could have thought of individually. I read a story yesterday that said the lifeguards were off, the lifeguards were off duty at Panama City Beach in Florida on Friday evening when Ursie's son Noah, 11, and Stephen 8 started calling for help after they got caught up in a rip current while they were on boogie boards. Ursi, 34, swam out to try to save them along with her nephew, along with her mother and her husband, and all of them were soon sucked out by the strong current, along with two other swimmers that tried to help. As law and, the law enforcement was waiting for a rescue group, listen to this. A group of 80 strangers on the, on the beach, they sprang into action and they formed a human, a human chain. And they stretched out 100 yards, true story, out in the Gulf of Mexico to save this group. It started out with a few swimmers and then another one came and another one came and it grew into a massive effort as more and more beachgoers, they ran out in the water to help. Jessica Simpson was one of them at the beach with her husband Eric when they swam out to the end of the chain that was 80 people long to help Ursa and her family. And this writer wrote, to see all these people from different races and genders come alongside in action to help total strangers, it was absolutely amazing to see. Simmons wrote on her Facebook, people who didn't even know each other went out and they got hand in hand into, in a line into the water so they could reach these people and rescue them. Pause and just imagine that, they said. After nearly an hour, people on the beach erupted in applause when everyone was safely brought to the shore as the sun was setting. I am so grateful, Ursi told the Panama City News Herald. These people were God's angels. They were there in the right place at the right time. I owe my life and my family's life to them. Without them, she said, I would not be here. Thank you, Braden. You know, we live in a day where people talk and act as if, hey, we don't need anybody else. We're told in society, hey, do your own thing. Go your own way. Be your own man. You know, in today's culture, we're, uh, in today's culture, depending on others can often even be considered that you're weak. Because you're never supposed to do that. You're never supposed to depend upon anybody else. You know, even in marriage, 
People characterize marriage like a prison. Husband, this isn't the time to amen or wife, but some make their marriage like a prison that it's limiting your options. But the truth is when God is at the center of your marriage, it's actually liberating. It actually makes us more effective than we ever would have been alone. As couples, how we leverage our strength and how we leverage our influence to bring the best out of each other. But I've heard people say, complete independence. Now that's the key to happiness. Well, I'm gonna tell you 33 years of working with people in full-time ministry, I'm gonna tell you that's absurd. That's nonsense. Complete independence from other human beings isn't happiness. What it is, is it's loneliness. And the quickest way that we can make ourselves completely miserable, how we make ourselves resentful and fearful and insecure and unhappy, is to pretend that we have it all together alone and we don't need each other. You know, after God created the heavens and the earth, one of the first things he said after he did the creation, he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. I want some of you wives to say it's definitely not good for my man to be alone. It's definitely, God looked down at Adam and he's like, oh my gosh, it's not good for a man to be alone. And you know, whether you're married or you're not married or you're single, to me that's irrelevant to this verse. What God's saying, it's not good for anyone to be alone. We need our spiritual family. And I'm really hearing God say, get people back gathering. Get people back engaging. Get back people where they're relating and they're having relationship again. You know, another verse says, since we all are the body of Christ, Romans 12, 5 says that we all, I want you to say we all belong, belong together. We all belong together. We belong together. Each of us needs each other. In the church family, when you come into Christ, you just don't belong to Christ. You belong to a family. So many of us say, I belong to Christ, but God wants us to belong to his family. You know, you're my brother, you're my sister, and I'm your brother, and Carmen's your sister, and all of us need each other. And I'm really feeling that strong that we're at a place to where it's time to get out of isolation and get back in group because we all need it. You know, you may feel like you don't need other people, and you may feel like you don't belong but I want to tell you today that it's absolutely necessary to be a member of God's family. And remember we learned last week that God's family, everybody say, is the church. Is the church. We are the church. We are God's family. You know, a, a Christian without a church, or, or a Christian without a church family is like a spiritual orphan. It's like a quarterback without a receiver. It's like a bee without a hive or a soldier without a a platoon, or it's like a tuba without an orchestra. Imagine a tuba playing with no orchestra. That's the way it is with a Christian without a family. So today we're going to talk about four reasons that family is important and why it's so important that we have a prayer, a, a church family. If you have your notes, if you're on your apps, you can go down Church on the Rock Huntley. You can grab your phone, hit Church on the Rock Huntley. And we changed it to where you go down to the bottom, you hit notes. If you hit notes, you can see the notes there. And also you version is there. Here's the first reason that we need. One of four reasons that we need a church family. One is I need, and I put I, I need others to walk with me. 
You know, the Bible says just as Jesus Christ became Lord, he asked us to walk in him. You know, the Bible also often calls our spiritual life, it often calls it our spiritual walk. You know, it tells us to walk in love, to walk in truth, to walk in joy, to walk in peace, to walk in the spirit, to walk in Jesus. And I started thinking about why is he called a walk? Why does God compare my life to a walk? And it's because it's a journey. It's a journey that we take together. Now, why does God compare life to this? Is God never intended us to walk through life alone. It has nothing to do whether you're single or married. You can be single in, in fellowship. But our walk takes two things. Our walk takes that individual effort. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't, you don't have to walk, work on your spiritual walk with that individual effort. It takes that individual effort. But it also takes intentionality in that being with other people, the intentionality and the teamwork to have that success in Christian living. You know, a lot of people might say, well, what's wrong with walking alone? I prefer walking alone. I want to give you three quick benefits of walking with others in the church family. First of all, it's safer. Anybody ever been in a dark alley and you kind of wish somebody was walking with you? Anybody out there say amen? Well, What's the difference when we're going through dark times in our life or dark times spiritually? We still need somebody with us just like we would in a dark alley. It's safer to walk together. Number two, it's supportive. It keeps me from giving up. You know, there's an old uh, African proverb that says this. If you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run with other people. When you run together, you can go so much further. Even geese, when they leave our country and go down to the warm land, they fly in a V. They fly in that V and they take turns with that V because as they're doing it, the, after, the updraft carries the others around and then they keep switching out that first person. Why? It's safer, it's more supportive, and it's smarter and it helps the whole. And the third reason is it's God's spiritual safety net. So number one, it's safer. Number two, it's supportive. Number three, it's a spiritual safety net for you. When you're weak or tired or you feel like giving up, that's when we need community. And even on Sunday morning, even as your pastor, there's times I get up and I'm like, man, I don't really feel like going to worship. I don't really feel like going to church. You know, sometimes I've thought to myself, I, I've thought to myself, I'd just rather stay home and lay on the couch and watch Netflix all day. But I've, been, I've discovered that when I don't feel like worship and when I don't feel like gathering is the time that I need to gather the most. I need to gather with other people because when I gather with other people, my discouragement and my deadness and my fatigue, all those things start, live, start leaving and so does my loneliness. I want you to mark that down in your notes. And so does my loneliness. Walking with God's people, walking with others is God's answer to loneliness. The Bible even says when you gather together, think about more than just this setting, but think about just gathering period. It says when you gather together in 1 Corinthians 14, 30 in the message, it says each one of you, everybody say each, each one of you, be, pre be prepared with something useful for someone. In other words, when you become and gather, be prepared to give something useful. And I like this. Sing a song. Teach a lesson. Tell a story. Lead a prayer. 
Provide an insight. Take your turn with no one person taking over, and that way we can learn from each other. Think about that when you gather, where it's small group, whether it's with your friends, whether it's together at church. Sing a song. You can even sing a song outside of here. Sing a happy song together. Bring a prayer. Bring a wisdom. Tell a story. Maybe somebody's going through something that's hard. Tell your story about how God brought you to, got you through. This happens in community. And I think we need to use that scripture more and try to make it a focus. Ephesians 4.16 says this. The goal of fellowship, Ephesians 4.16 says, that each part... Everybody say, I'm a part of God's fellowship. I'm a part of this body. Each part does its work and it helps the other parts. I want you to look around the people around you. When we do our part, it helps the other parts. I like this. Grow, grow so that Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't that why we're out here is to grow, to get better, to get fuller, to get healthy, and the Bible encourages us to do that. I want to go to the next point. So the first point is I need others to walk with me. The second point, why we need our church family, and why it's so important, is I need others, I want everybody to say, to work with me. To work with me. I need others to work with me. Did you know that God has a great work for each and every person on this asphalt today? He has a great work for everybody. You were born again into God's Insta family. And God has sent people around you to help you complete the work that he has you to do. You know, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. Think about this. God has good works prepared for you in advance, which he's prepared for us to do. Before we were even born, God had these good things that he wants us to do. And I just want to say they're not automatic. They're not automatic. And God has put people around us. And if we don't watch it, we can miss it. We can miss our purpose. We can miss fulfilling our full potential. But God puts people around us on this second point to work with me to fulfill my purpose. You know, I really believe that we need God's Insta family to get the work done. He didn't mean for us to get the work done by ourselves. He put others around us to help. And I'd say if you're tired today or you feel exhausted, I would guess it's because you don't have anybody helping you. Think about a mom out there with three kids climbing on her. And if they got a husband that doesn't raise a finger to help and they don't have family around them to help because no family lives around and they're not involved in a church, I would say that mother's exhausted. I would say that life doesn't look real good right, right now and she's very tired. But even in that situation, that's why God's instant family is so important. We're going to talk about how even the spiritual family can help with that in a little bit. But the benefits of being in community is it helps us not to get exhausted and tired. God has put people, I, I thought about this, God has put people in my life always at the right time to help me pursue and to get me to that next place where God wants me to be. You guys are sitting on a property that was a cornfield 18 years ago. A cornfield, and we only had 30 people in our church. 
we didn't have anything, 30 or 60 people in our church. When we began this building, it's like God brought the right people. He brought the electricians. He brought the HVAC people. He brought the people that were skilled in electric. He brought the people that were skilled in plumbing. He brought the people. When you look at these blocks, guys, these blocks were laid by the people of this church's hands. I, I mean, I, I laid about half of them myself. When you look at the 10, everything done on this building, every time God has brought me to a place in my life where I'm stepping in to my next place of fulfillment, he always, here's what I want you to get, he always puts the right people around you to get you through that phase. Anybody out there say amen. God has a work for you. And I want you to start getting your eyes open that you can see that God is putting people in your life to help you to help you. And even we're in the phase that we're at with Church on the Rock now, where maybe these kind of skills aren't needed. It's interesting how God is bringing other people to this church, how God may be bringing you today, because you're going to help us get to our next place. My point is, is God always puts people in my life at the right time. And I want you to know that there's probably people that God is surrounding you with, even right now, of what I call specialized knowledge. Specialized knowledge. They're experts in their fields. You're surrounded by an instant family that, that, that they, they, they know about what you're going through and having trouble. They know the answers to some of the things you're doing. They know what can help you get to your next goals and your desires. And they're even willing to help you. I mean, I can look out at people that I meet with on an individual basis because they're helping me to get to my next level. Well, I'm telling you, you're surrounded by people that are experts in their fields. I want, do you see that? There's experts in their field around you. And God wants us to start gathering. And God wants us to start saying, what can I do with you, for you, my brother? What can I do for you, my sister, that I can help you accomplish God's work? God's work in your family. God's work in your career. God's work in your business, whatever it is. But we need that. When we, when we, we need people, we need people to help us with their specialized knowledge. And community, here's a fill-in. Community is God's answer to fatigue. Two people are better than one because they get more done by, by working together. Have you ever watched an Amish building go up? I was even thinking, I'm a granddad, Larry. I see you out there. Gail, I see you. How many granddads and grandmas do we have here? Amen. Hey, people, you don't even have to be our kid. You don't even have to be our family because we're a spiritual family. There's lots of granddads and grandmas that want to help because a lot of people are in fatigue. They have fatigue. Young couples. I was trying to think of examples I could even think of. How many of you young couples can't remember the last time you had a date night with your husband? Think about that. God has an answer for that where you're fatigued and you're needing something like that. I, 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 my hope is that our couples can begin to have community and gathering together outside of this. And we've got some things planned this summer. In June and July, we got lots of events plan that's going to promote where you're going to get to know other people that's kind of walking the same place in your life. But wouldn't it be nice? I see Brian and Megan down there. Let's, let's say, whoop, let's say that I still have kids. I don't, I'm old. 
My kids are, old, youngest ones are 27. But wouldn't it be nice that if we had a couple of friends that we could take turns saying, hey, the first week of the month, this couple's going to take care of everybody's kids and this couple go out and enjoy the night. If you just had three people every three weeks, if you had four people in your gathering or in your crew, you might say, you could do some things to help each other to get the work done of being a mom or being a dad or getting things done. I really feel like God wants this church to begin working together, working together. The Bible says every time we get a chance, Galatians 6.10, it says, let us work together for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in our community of faith. So the first thing is I need people to walk with me. The second thing is I need people to work with me. Here's the third thing. I need people to watch out for me. I need, I need people in my life who will warn me of the traps, who will defend me when I'm being attacked, who will protect me, who will keep me focused, who will keep me on track. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. And if, if Philippians 2.4, it even says, look out for one another's interests. We're to look out. We're to watch out for one another's interests not just for our own. And that's a good thing. And that's something that church family is about. It's a benefit. How many's ever seen those neighborhood watch signs? We see those neighborhood watch signs. Or, or maybe when you go out of town, like when we go down to Florida, I tell my neighbor, I say, hey, watch out for my stuff while I'm gone. Uh, if you could watch my protein, protein tank, make sure I got pro protein, because we, we live in a fifth wheel, because we travel. If you can make sure my propane tank doesn't go out, and my lines don't freeze up while I'm gone. If you can kind of look out for things. How many has ever asked a neighbor to look out for things when you're gone? Okay, we have, let me ask you another question. Have you ever asked or gotten anybody to watch out for your spiritual life? To watch out for your soul? Because it's far more important. We have our neighborhood watching our stuff. But what neighborhood, what crew, what people are watching out for you. Let me, let, let me just tell you that that's a benefit of the church family, that we need each other to do this. Why? Why, Why do we need each other to do this? Because we have blind spots, and some of us have bald spots. I can't see the bald spots. I, I didn't know it was there until somebody told me it was there. If Jonathan Billick's here today, Jonathan, are you here today? I had to point out to him, because I've watched him grow up as a teenager. In fact, he's still under 20 years old to me. Uh, I had to let uh, Jonathan know that uh, he had a gaping bald spot coming on. I, I just felt like I needed to let him know that. All right, but, but who do you have when your taillight's out? Somebody's got to tell you when your taillight's out, right? You don't know your taillight's out. Or what about if you're unzipped, or you got lettuce in your teeth? Or, or something on your clothes? How many know that you need somebody to watch out for you and tell you those things? I'm telling you, there's something, a lot of times we have blind spots in our Christianity. Blind starts, things that are embarrassing happening in our lives. And we need somebody to watch out for us, to watch out for us. I love these two scriptures. Philippians 2, 4 says this, look out for one another's interests, not just your own. And then Hebrews 13.1 says, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's asking us that we should. So 
when we start talking about, I need others to watch out for me, the reason I need that to happen, because community is God's answer for defeat. You know, the Bible, I'll go on further with that Ecclesiastes scripture. Community is God's answer for defeat. The Bible says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two people standing back to back, they can conquer. And then it says three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And we know that that triple braid is Christ. And then it says if one person falls in Ecclesiastes 4.10, somebody else can reach out and help them up. But people who are alone when they fall, they're in real trouble, the scripture says in the NLT. So that community, when we got people to watch out for you, community and gathering it's God's answer to keep us from getting defeated. This last point I'm going to preach on, you might say, really? What? That one? I need others. Oh, actually, there's one more before that. I need others to wait and weep with me. That's when we're going through a hard time. I need others to wait and weep with me. How many know somebody that's going through something that like maybe some of you had COVID, didn't have a lot of side effects, didn't really hit you real hard. But how many of you know somebody that's really had to wait through the process? I mean, they got it bad. Or how many of you know somebody that maybe something that you went through that was the same, maybe a relational problem or a business problem that maybe when you went through it, it was quick. It was easy. It didn't take long. It's just a little bump in the road. But do you know anybody that a tough time is just dragging on. That a marriage that isn't working just dragging on. That a healing or a breakthrough that people are looking for. How many of you know people that, you, ha you know people that are looking for a breakthrough and it's just seems so far away? You know, I've been talking to Dave Radianoff almost every day. He's in the ICU at, 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 at um, Kishwaukee. I mean, he's been like 17 days on a ventilator and all this stuff. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I, every day I text him, how are you today, brother? You doing better? And he's like, man, it's long. I just wanted to be over. I'm so frustrated. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I just want to move on. That's a person that needs community of a person to, that's what I mean when I say to wait and to watch with them. Wait and watch with them. You know, the Bible says that you should be like one big family in 1 Peter 3, 8, full of sympathy towards each other. Be able to sympathize and empathize, empathize with each other. The Bible says if one member suffers, we all feel that suffering. Community is God's answer for despair. Think about that, to wait and weep with people. We're talking about gathering and needing each other. Well, community is God's answer for people that feel like they're moving into despair. The Bible says, be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Encourage each other and strengthen one another. So a community of believers is God's safety net for each other. Now we get to that final point that I thought we were at a second ago that you might be like, What's that point about? So the first point is we need others to walk with us. Second point is we need others to work with us to fulfill God's purpose in our life. Third thing is we need people to wait and weep and to have that presence. You know, sometimes that's just being present. 
being there to wait and weep with me, going through a hard time. And then the last thing is I need others to witness with me. I need others to witness with me. You know, when people hear you talk about church and talk about Church on the Rock or hear you telling about some of the community or the crew you might be in, you know, that's a witness to them. It's something that catches their attention. And my prayer is that when people come into Church on the Rock, when people come in to check it out or you bring some of your friends, I'm hoping that they see, see the worship, that they feel the peace, they feel the presence of the Lord that they see the love that we share and we see the laughter and the goofing around and the hanging out that we have to where people that come to our fellowship, they say, man, that's something that I'd like to have in my life. I believe that, 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 that our community is showing people when we worship and we have word and prayer and fellowship and laughter and gathering and interacting and praying and listening and learning, that it's a witness to people that we're trying to win to the Lord. And on witnessing, are you ever afraid to witness alone? You know, the Bible says that God sent him by twos. And even talking about witnessing, I want you to look at your spouse beside you. You know that, you know that your marriage is God's witness to your children. It's probably going to be how their marriage is going to be. Think about how your marriage is. It's, a wit it's witnessing. Every day, dad, you are showing your son how to treat his wife. Every day, mom, you are showing your daughter how to treat her husband. It's a witness without words. Marriage is a witness. Marriage is a witness in society of over 50% of Divorce, uh, marriage is in, leave, leaving in divorce. When they see a strong marriage, when they see people loving each other, when they see that, they say, man, what is it that they have? And that's why the scripture says, even yesterday I did a wedding in Bull Valley up by Woodstock. And the dad in his speech said, me and mom would not even be together if God hadn't have been the center of our lives. So that witness, that witness that people see. And you know, even group witnessing. You know, I, it seems like the days are over and I kind of wish they weren't. But it seems like, again, I've been pastoring for 33 years, but it seems like the young adults especially that just have time and they're passionate about their faith, Man, I think it'd be cool if people would even start street witnessing again. I remember I used to take my Ford pickup, 1972 Ford pickup, and we were at Bible college. And we'd get about three guys, and we'd pull my pickup up, and we'd pull up right inside three bars. And we'd take this speaker that had a big magnet on it, and we'd just slap it on top of the hood of the car. And we'd pull a keyboard out and we'd pull out an instrument and we'd just start singing inside of three bars. We'd just start singing songs about God. And then we'd take turns taking the microphone and giving our testimony about what God has done in our life. I, I could tell you so many stories. We could be here for a couple hours. But I remember one night this drunk man came walking across the street, just drunker than a skunk. He was an African-American man. 
And the reason I say that, you'll understand here in a minute. But he came over and he said, I want what you guys are witnessing about. I want this Jesus. Can this Jesus help me drunker than a skunk? And I happened to be the one given the teaching that night. And I said, of course God can do it. And I said, I said, thus and so get some anointing oil. And actually I did that to buy some time because <laughs> I was a little scared about what to do. Get some anointing oil. And they came back and said, Brian, we don't have any anointing oil. And I'm an old country boy. And I said, get in my toolbox. There's some 1040 Quaker State motor oil in there. So we took that 10W40 Quaker State motor oil and we dipped some in our hand. We said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that your presence would hit this man. We pray that you would set him free from alcoholism. We pray that he'd have an experience of God. We just prayed heaven down. The power of God dropped this guy off his feet. And as we picked him up, I'll never forget a black face like turned white with the light of God. And then it went back black. And then he stood up completely sober. And we began to just take him to church after that on and on and on but we had stories like that man I, I wanted to throw that in there today because maybe you're an evangelist maybe you're somebody who has a heart for God to get out there where the people are at maybe God's going to stir somebody to be that witness on a street you know another way we can be a witness I know in June everybody see that pavilion over there we're going to use that pavilion like crazy June and July God seems to be bringing a lot of families that are 20 that don't have kids. We're going to group all those people together and we're going to have a barbecue, fire pit night. There's a men's breakfast coming up in June at 9 o'clock where, where all the men are going to have breakfast. I'm going to talk to Rachel about having a, a, a women's group meet in June. Um, deacons are having groups meet. But how can we group witness? Guys, when you hear about these people groups that are gathering out here at this pavilion, here's what I want you to do. How can you be a witness? How can you be a, invite these people to come with you. Invite people to come that wouldn't even darken a church door. They'll go to, that's what I mean by group witnessing, group witnessing. There's going to be a lot of opportunities. In fact, I asked a guy to help me do the food for the men and Walter and Justin and some others are going to plan the activities and the stuff for this men's thing. The guy I asked to help me with the food, he says, shoot, pastor, I'm probably going to have about 10 or 15 people myself that I'm going to bring. That's what I mean by group witnessing. Guys, I'm, I want you to fill a call today. I'm filling the Lord to say, let's get out of our houses. Let's get out of isolation. We're having safe places to meet. You know, God didn't call us to live in isolation the rest of our life. It's time to get out. It's time to get back plugged in. It's time to get back engaged in what God's doing. And we're going to put some efforts forth this next month in creating some fellowship and creating gatherings outside of Sunday morning. So I think that you're God's answer. You guys are God's answer to community by being a witness for him. Now, and I want to challenge you just to be a part of those kind of things. With every head bowed and eyes closed today, you know, the goal of the day was to recognize that we need others to walk with us, 
The goal of the day is to recognize, man, I'm walking alone. I need somebody walking with me. If that's you today that you just felt when I was preaching that point, I want you to lift up your hand and say, man, I just need somebody to walk with me. I'm just feeling isolated or lonely. I see that hand. Just If that hits you, lift your hand up or, or say, that's me, God. How many of you are kind of in a rut in your spiritual formation? Are you kind of in a rut on your spiritual forwardness, you might say, of going forward with your dream, whether it's a workplace, whether it's something God's calling you to do? How many say you're kind of in a rut and you need somebody to come along and work with you and help you? Can I see your hands if that hit you today? Just to put your hand up and say, man, I need somebody to work with me and help me get to that next spot. How many say I need somebody to watch out for me? I just need somebody to watch out for me. I need somebody to wait and weep with me. I mean, when I was preaching that, you're going through a hard time. You say, man, I just need somebody to wait, to weep with me. And then finally, we said, how many want to be a witness? How many of you want to be a witness for him? I challenge you guys in the next, in the next month, if you look around and you're like, man, there's not very many people there at that people group that I would be in. Cowboy up. Join the team. I can't do it by myself. I'll throw a gathering. Get your friends to come. They'll want to come back because they're going to feel God. We got men's things planned. We got women's things planned. Right now, I just pray that there'd be a call go out to this church and that everybody would say that we'll help. Right where you're at, just say, Lord, I'll help with these gatherings. I'll participate. I'll be an inviter. Because I'm telling you, the word of the Lord is, is God wants us to start re-engaging. God wants us to start gathering. I know he wants that. Let's stand to our feet today. Father, in the name of Jesus, as your eyes close, just get in a place of silence with the Lord. I want you to cry out to God that first point. Lord, I just want you to walk with me. Walk with me, Lord. Bring others to walk with me. Lord, I feel like I'm walking alone. Bring some others to walk with me. Some of you is trying to get to that second point. I want you to ask the Lord, say, Lord, put people around me that can help me move to the next spot. I really feel an anointing on that. I feel God saying he'll do that. Ask him, Lord, put people in my life, put couples, put relationships in my life that'll work with me and help me. If that's you, just ask the Lord that. Father, I ask you to do that in Jesus' name. If you're in a waiting period, you're frustrated and you're tired and you feel like giving up. Man, I just feel this again. Nobody's looking around. If you feel that way, just lift your hands up to the Lord. Man, I'm in a tough time. I'm in that waiting time. I'm in that grind time. I need people to wait and watch with me. I pray for you today, God. I pray that God would give you his peace, that God would give you his strength, that God would send people around you to hold your arms up. Father, we thank you for the witness that you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. One last thing. Does anybody here need to take that first step that you just, if you're watching online or you're here in person, that you just want to take that first step. 
and you're not even a part of God's family yet, you haven't even asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, or maybe you knew Jesus and you don't anymore, nobody's looking around, I'd ask you to slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I won't embarrass you. If you say, man, I want to be a part of God's family, just lift up your hand where I can see it and I'll pray with you. I want to be a part of this family. I want to be a part of God's family. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else today? Three people said, man, I just want to be a part of God's family. I want to be born again. When you're born again and you ask Jesus to come in your heart, man, you're You've got that Insta family. You've got a new spiritual family. Hey, you three that raised your hand and you that responded on the camera, I want you to know that Jesus took your sin and he gives you his righteousness. I want you to know that the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross, he bled so that your sins could be forgiven. The Bible says that therefore being justified by faith or declared not guilty by faith, we're now at peace with God. You three that raised your hand know today that you're going to be in right standing and you're going to be at peace with God. He took your sin, all the laws in the Bible that you feel like you've broken them all. Jesus fulfilled them all. Hallelujah. Jesus fulfilled them all. And, and that's what salvation is, is he gives that to you. So those three people, we always say at Church on the Rock, nobody prays alone. So I want you to pray this out loud because you may be standing beside the person that raised their hand. But we're going to pray a prayer of salvation. And I want you to pray it out loud with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today. I've heard your word, and I don't want to walk alone anymore. I want to be a part of your family. I want to be born again into this family right now Lord Jesus I ask you to take my sin and give you give me your righteousness right now Lord Jesus I ask you to come into my heart I believe that you died and that you rose from the dead and the Bible says that when you believe that then that's how you confess that and that's how you're saved Lord I confess that say Lord I confess that I confess that Jesus is Lord, and I'll make him my Lord today. In Jesus' name, come into my heart, and I'll love you from this day forward. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap today. Amen. As Manny's coming.